We are outdoor ladies who hunt, shoot, and fish, all while working in conservation and chasing kids. I am Julia Plugge with the Nebraska Game and Parks Commission. I'm Rachel Alice with the Iowa Department of Natural Resources. I am Megan Weiskup with the Iowa Department of Natural Resources. And I'm Tana Fancher with the Kansas Department of Wildlife, Parks, and Tourism. Follow us on our outdoor adventures. Welcome back to She Goes Outdoors. Pheasant season is here. You know that feeling that you get the just the days before Christmas, being singing of jingle bells, lots of cookies, wrapping presents, crazy kids. The She Goes Out Tours team right now, we have a similar excitement as we approach opening day of pheasant season. So opening day here in Nebraska is October 31st. Many of you, you may hear this episode before that, maybe after it, but you know, thankfully, pheasant season is a long, long, long time. Rachel is joining me today, and her and I are going to chat about what we're preparing as we uh, get ready to hit the field for pheasant hunting. So, Rachel, when do you get to hit the field in Iowa? Uh, we get to join you on on the 31st also. Um, ah, that's right. I was getting confused because I think Kansas, uh, Tana is not able to hit the field till maybe November. Yep. Yep, you're right. And it's supposed to be warm. How about Iowa? Is it supposed to be warm there? Yeah, finally. We're finally back up in the 50s. It's going to be gorgeous and everything's looking positive. We're super excited to get out there. I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to getting on some public land. I I am not a landowner, so I'm excited to get out there on public land and, and see where the fortunes lay this, yeah. this weekend. I am a landowner, but the land that we have is not suitable habitat for pheasants. Um, unfortunately, it's suitable habitat for cows and deers in Turkey, but um, we do, we are fortunate to have some public lands close to us and then very fortunate to have some private landowners very close that do have the habitat and, um, you know, I've hit them up, asked them if I can hunt their area and they're always very kind and open to that because they know they, they're excited for pheasant hunting just just the same as you and I. Who are you, who do you hunt with? Who do you go pheasant hunting with, Rachel? I'm, I'm a newer hunter, I would say. Um, probably got into hunting about three years ago, and, and pheasant was probably one of the first hunts I was invited on. I went with coworkers. We, we decided that we needed to take a day out of the office and really kind of reconnect with the land and really experience and remind ourselves why we go to work every day. So we went out for the day and hunted public land and had such a fun day. We started our day, uh, one of my coworkers' house and, and his, him and his wife actually made us breakfast. So we had this big bacon and egg breakfast. It was delicious and the coffee was amazing and nice and warm. And I'm not a morning person and most people don't even want to see me in the morning. So it was <laughs> such a nice, it was such a nice uh introduction to hunting. I was like, oh, I think I can get behind this if there's a delicious breakfast every time we go. And you don't have to like the benefits even for you for me in the morning is you have time to eat that breakfast and not have to crawl into the blind or a tree stand before the sun comes up. That is a major benefit of pheasant hunting. Absolutely. So in, in Iowa, we can't 
start shooting, we can't start hunting until 8 a.m. So even with the delayed sunrise, you know, at least the sun's up and it's it's beautiful. And so we went out to public land and because they had never gone before, they kind of did the, the safety briefing as to what the plan was. We looked at some maps and kind of really understood the lay of the land, um, which I think is something that's often overlooked, especially once we get hunting pretty frequently we just go 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 and and we don't step back and say hey this is why we do this and this is what we're looking for but it was such a fun experience i i just i honestly call it hiking with a gun um because Mm -hmm. you're you're trudging through whatever is in front of you kind of staying in your line um we had a dog with us I found that I just watched the dog most of the time. I forgot that I was even supposed to be looking for roosters jumping. I, I was watching the dog work and, and run around and chase skunks and, and do whatever he was doing. And it was it was just such a good time. And I think I took more photos of, of the dew melting in the sunrise and the blaze orange that you could see in the field. And, and just, I think I took more sh- shots with my camera. I, I don't, I don't want to even think I ever pulled the trigger. I've yet to harvest, um, but it was just such a fun experience that I, I look forward to it um, and seeing what you see. And and I think that's, for me, I think that's as beneficial or even more um, just that experience. I, I, at the end of the day, probably could care less if I actually harvest, um, but spending that time with with friends and family, spending the morning out doing something that I enjoy. That's, that's the bigger, the bigger thing that I look forward to every year. And, and this year I'm super excited. My nine-year-old's going to walk with us. He can't carry a gun. He's too little, unfortunately, but he's going to be decked out in his blaze orange and, and be our, be one of our, (laughs) one of our pointing dogs, if you will. Um, And so I'm really excited to just spend the morning with him out in the field and, and kind of introduce him to something new. That's a great story in, in why you pheasant hunt. And, you know, I'm in a similar situation where, you know, you just go out and especially the fall. Fall is my favorite time of year, my favorite season. The changing of colors, the, the cool mornings, warming up in the afternoon. I don't like hot. I don't like cold. And it seems like pheasant hunting <laughs> is just that opportunity time to get that in between, especially when you're walking. I mean, you're walking a lot. And yeah. so you don't, <laughs> and you know, if you start out cold layers on and you start walking through, you're going to end up sweating. So you got to, the process of, again, why it's so fun to pheasant hunting this time of year. And, you know, you, you hit spot on with enjoying the land, knowing where you're walking. Cause how many hunters out there is, you know, they know there's probably some birds in this field. They start at this point and they move forward and maybe they don't even know exactly where they're going or where they're shooting to or whole environment in as to, okay, where could these roosters be hanging out bundles of grass? Right. And, and one other thing, I mean, when we're, when we're on public land, a lot of our, a lot of our public land here in Iowa has kind of pothole little water pockets in it. And so you can be walking and especially when the water's not frozen, you know, you're, you're walking on what you think is just field and and all of a sudden, yeah, they flush up or you sink down. I mean, because you're, 
you know, because it's, it's not your backyard. You're not there every day. So the more kind of work you can do, whether it's looking at maps or, or more research you can do Um, here in Iowa, we have IHAP, which is the Iowa hunting and access program. And, and we provide PDF maps, but I always like to get on like Google maps or Onyx or other um, map features to really try and zoom in and do my my scouting I call it aerial scouting if you will because <laughs> you know I find it hard to get out to the land to get on it and walk it before season but if I can do anything at in the comfort of my house if you will yeah. and kind of look to see what's there then then you don't get as many surprises in the field you're a mom you're a full-time employee having that access to your public access guide or Onyx, which Onyx is an app, correct? That that you can look into the land. And from what I've seen is Onyx provides some amazing 3D imagery um, and the GPS imagery to be able to do that when it's dark and everybody's asleep. (laughs) You can finally catch up because that may be the only time that you can do some scouting ahead of time. Right. And you mentioned that you you know, had, had gone ahead and before season and talked to your neighbors about getting on land. Um, that is another thing that, that you can use Onyx for is if, you know, in August and September, if you're looking for land around you, um, you could use Onyx because it does list the, the land or the title owner of that land. So if you wanted yeah. to get a hold of them to get access on, on what you might think is a, a prime piece of of real estate um that's another thing you could do uh i will put the caveat that they try and keep it as up to date as possible but you know sometimes there are sales so be aware of that but that is something you can you can do in august and september kind of getting ready for the season we always advise people that you know once fall comes most of the farmers are focused on getting their soy or their you know their beans or their corn out of the field so Mm -hmm. it might not be the most ideal time to ask permission but in the summer or even in the spring um getting that permission lined up is is a yeah it's time worth spent spot on for both pheasant and deer season coming in because here in nebraska you know there's some of the farmers that have wrapped up and then some that are still they are hardcore getting that corn out and they don't want to stop to talk to you. <laughs> My pheasant hunt was actually on a controlled shooting area, what we call a CSA here in Nebraska. So a controlled shooting area, um, privately owned, either by within a corporation or a family. And it's, it's their business. It's their business. They raise or they bring in uh, pheasants or upland and they, I mean, they place them out there. They place them in the field. Some are wild out there, but typically they, what they do is they just go place them out there. And it's it's um, an activity. You walk this section of grass. Um, if you have a dog, the dogs will still flush them up or point them out to you. You hunt them as you, maybe you were in a public land. Public land in my eye is a little bit, it's, it's a lot more challenging because you don't know that they're there. You know, you have no clue. You could walk 80 acres of field and never see one where a controlled shooting area, they've put them out there. Well, you think they're there. They're supposed to be. <laughs> <laughs> I remember on my, one of my hunts, one of the fields that we went that nothing did come up. So I think they were 
they were running, which, you know, going back to that is my, my first hunt actually for pheasant hunting was last year. And it was a becoming an outdoor woman event. The, the participants paid to be at this um, outfitter or controlled shooting areas location. They provided us meals, they provided us lodging. And then uh, we did some shotgun training while we we're out there. So we did hunter ed safe shotgun selection. We did some clay shooting, uh, just so you can get that hand-eye coordination a little bit different, you know, rifle when you have a point on, but when you're shooting with that shotgun towards a pheasant, you have to be prepared to move quickly and get ahead of that bird a little in, in different ways and in different angles that it may be flying at. So, you know, that was really good for these, honestly, these new pheasant hunters. And then we hit the field, we split out, we each had a mentor. So there was three of us in each field with one mentor. The mentor either had a flushing or a pointer dog or both. And that helped out a lot because, you know, the the dog brings in a whole different perspective of it. And so many feel that they have to have a dog to go pheasant hunting. And I don't think they do. Um, you know, this definitely helped just to honestly to flush up those dogs. But um, there was a couple incidents where one of the, you know, the ladies that was with us flushed up the bird before the dog even did. So, um, definitely don't rely on having to need a dog, um, but completely different opportunities that you and I both had on our pheasants hunts, but yet that same walking experience, watching the dog, I was the same way. I just, I felt like all I was doing was watching this amazing, smart dog you know, it's just amazing the scent of smell and they point and how they flush. And sometimes they listen just like my kids because they are so focused on that bird <laughs> that you can't get them to come back to you. But a lot of fun. And either way, you know, public shooting or public land, um, it's free other than your permits. Controlled shooting areas, it's it, I mean, honestly, it's pricey. You have to, you pay to be there. You may have to pay for your food. You may have to pay for your lodging and then you pay per bird public. It's, it's the, it's an actual hunt where um, you're paying for with your permit, you're paying for the care of that land, the conservation of the animal, but you're not paying for the bird itself. Right. And, and to your point, I mean, I there's such a discussion within the pheasant hunting world about dogs that, yeah, they make the, the hunt that much more enjoyable, in my opinion, but they are certainly not necessary. Um, and, and especially when you're new to it, I honestly think sometimes they are a little bit of a distraction. It's another thing to think about that, that not only are you focused on trying to hit that moving bird and, and the difference between a pheasant and a quail, I'm telling you, I think quail are like stealth bombers i've never seen missiles move that fast and then you want me to hit it <laughs> the first time i was walking with some friends um we were actually in kansas that was my true first pheasant hunting experience as i was invited by a friend to go to kansas to hunt with some other friends and i said sure i've never done any of this so let's do it and we had two dogs and we were walking this little valley down and we thought we, the dogs picked up something, but we walked past this whole covey of, of um, quail mm -hmm. and all of a sudden they f jumped up behind us and flew forward. 
not only was I so taken back, I about ducked because I thought I was going to get hit by these things. And I was like, what was that? And, you know, everyone in the group was like, well, it was a quail. You're supposed to shoot it. And I was like, ah, (laughs) but the different, you know, I kind of relate it to a a missile compared to a football, the pheasant being the football, like there's even, there's much more of a chance of hitting that. But anyway, I digress. Hunting with dogs does add that extra thing. So it's just one more thing to think about, Um, especially where your muzzle's pointed, you know, you want to make sure that you're, you're keeping it up above the dog God forbid yes. we don't want anything to happen in general. And we certainly don't want anything to happen to our, to our four-legged friends. So just um, yes. another thing to think about in addition to kind of those zones of fire. I know we get so excited when the birds come up to try and remember where people are to your left and your right and, mm-hmm. and trying to stay in that line. Those are things that are always going through my head. And I think half the time they're on my, they're taking up everything and I forget that I'm on a hunt and that I yeah. can shoot. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, I was the same way where with this BOW hunt, I mean, technically as the coordinator of the event, I even felt more responsible, but I felt like I was that helicopter mom and making sure that these new hunters that I'm with are certainly keeping um, muzzle control. And Rachel, you made a point of following the line. So if you're you're listening to this and you're not a avid or understand or have seen a pheasant hunt, you line up. I mean, basically what you're doing in these group of people to yourself or six, you walk this field in a single line. Technically you're flushing birds up yourselves. And then in a single line, you know where this line is that, so that everybody is pointing and shooting forward. If a bird bird goes behind you, consider it a loss. Don't swing back behind you real fast because you just, it's just, a, it's not, it's not worth it. You know, one of those things before we went out in the field, in the mid, middle of a field constantly, you know, is there safety on and your finger off the trigger? That is, that is a very important key to remember as you're walking, especially through these rough grasses, that's some thick habitat that you're walking. You never know when you're going to accidentally trip, keep that finger off the trigger. Yeah. That was one of the things I, I think was so surprising to me. It was actually the terrain that we were walking. Everyone assumes Iowa, Nebraska, Kansas, it's flat. (laughs) <laughs> There's nothing there. It's just cropland. <laughs> it hurt my legs. My God, it might be flat, but I've never seen such hills or or <laughs> valleys where there's little creeks. Or I mean, yes, we can be discounted for being flat, and and we might not have five thousand foot peaks, but we certainly have hilly terrain, and and there's things, growths of of burly wheat, not weeds, but prairie grass and whatnot. I thought I was going through, you know, Bell's enchanted forest to find the beast half the time. And, and, <laughs> the, and bunch, the bunched grasses, like, I'm not going to lie. I think that was the, like, the, my legs and body ached <laughs> so much. <laughs> I mean, I'm going through, this sounds like this horrible experience, but no, like, it's a workout. This is and it's fun. <laughs> But, but I mean, to your point, though, to remember to keep your finger off the trigger, keep your safety on, especially when you're going through those, those more gnarly areas. And 
I think it kind of reiterates the importance of having the blaze orange cap of some sort on, you know, whether it's your, your snow cap because it's cold or it's a ball cap, because sometimes that's the only thing you can see of somebody. I mean, I'm, I'm yeah. five, six. I never thought of myself as a small, per, you know, smaller, short person until I walk through that stuff. And I'm like, I can't see the six foot co-worker of mine I can't see I certainly can't see the five two co-worker of mine you know like I'm five two at least you're four just taller yeah I mean like, like actually one of my friends who's who's shorter she will sometimes put her her blaze orange ball cap on the on her muzzle because oh. it's up and then that way we know where she where she is because yeah. you know it, it, it sounds silly but it, no, that is so important idea. just knowing but no I I mean I'm Hopefully listeners can, can hear the excitement in our voices. Yeah. We're both excited to get out this season. I know that I should have spent far much far more time on the range, um, shooting some trap and skeet and some five stand. I'm I'm guilty of it as I think most of us are. Um for those of you listening, take take our word and, and go do it. Um, if, if you can get out to a local range, do some warm up, getting back into your shooting position, remembering, you know, how to mount your gun and, and just the little things where that safety is. Um, get out there, warm up before you go out into the field because it will pay off in the end. Um, five stand is probably the best opportunity to really practice f- prepping for birds just because it's the variety of clays being thrown and for those that don't know what five stand is it's it's a a shotgun sport and you you have different stations or some different throwers shooting different uh birds right so some are are you know inbound some are outbound some are fast ducks some are slower birds um some are rabbits on the ground so they just kind of really recreates hunting um Mm -hmm. and it's it's a good humbling experience to uh, to (laughs) (laughs) just like it would a bird and then i go back to the the trap range and say can you just throw some going out so i can build up my confidence again (laughs) (laughs) but for those of you that are heading out we have talked to our um, upland bird biologist, Todd Bogenschutz, and he's excited about the opportunities for this year. Um, we had a pretty mild, mild winter. Our pheasant broods are looking good. He's saying that, at least according to the surveys, 2007 numbers were being optimistic. So we are excited. Um, most of the soybean and most of the corn are out. So yeah. The ground should be open and ready for for hunters. So um, all signs are looking good to get out there. And I have some friends that are duck hunters, and they were out earlier. And they said they all they've been hearing is is pheasants and nothing um, like hearing the crow of a rooster pheasant. I know the first time I heard it, I was like, "What in the heck was that?" Yeah. Yeah, it's so distinct. You know, we had some, we had three roosters that were in the, behind the, our tree line at our farm and we could hear them every morning. It just, it's an amazing sound to hear and you just stop and you try to listen and then you'll see them kind of peeking out and they were kind <laughs> of our friends, but I think unfortunately the coyotes got them, but um, that's part of life. As I said, that, that right there is the circle, right? Um, yep. If, if yep. it wasn't the coyotes and it wasn't us, unfortunately yep. a lot of them fall victim to just 
the winter. So yes, um, yep. at least yep. at least the coyotes are using them, or or we're getting to enjoy their deliciousness. And and that is something. Um, I'll share some recipes oh. that we've done. But one of my coworkers, Jamie Cook with Pheasants Forever, does this. He calls it Sunday morning pheasant, and it's a it's a pheasant recipe that you throw the pheasant in the crock pot. And as he says, then you go watch football. And then when you're ready to eat, it's ready to eat. It is so freaking good. I can't even get over it. So, and it's so easy and simple. And I always get intimidated by wild game. I'm like, oh, oh, hamburger. Yeah, I can make that into anything. Oh, pork. Sure. You know, uh, chicken. Yeah, let's get crazy. But then someone's like, you want some pheasant? I'm like, what do I do with it? Yep. What do I do with it? So, um, you know, and so many I have... You know, I, I was that same way at one point, but I have just figured out that honestly, game can be prepared the same way as any other, you know, pheasant can be popped in the crock pot, just like you would stick a broiler chicken in there. Mm-hmm. Pheasant can be used honestly in the same recipes as, as chicken. Yep. Um, or turkey. Mm-hmm. Yes. Or turkey. You're right. My favorite pheasant recipe is um, jalapeno poppers. Yes. Wrapping that little piece of pheasant breast meat wrapped up in a jalapeno uh, pepper with a little cream cheese and everything wrapped up in bacon. Bacon. How yeah, can you go right wrong? There, right there is the reason to go pheasant hunting is those jalapeno poppers. You know, funny story real quick. I know we're, we're running out of time, but so my nine-year-old, we made pheasant poppers and, and we also made chicken poppers because we weren't sure how it was going to go. And and so he had chicken popper. He's like, mm, this is good. And then he had a pheasant popper. I didn't tell him it was pheasant. I just, just waited to see what happened. We, we do that a lot because sometimes I think you can, you can, you know, gross yourself out, if you will. You, you convince yourself it's bad. Therefore, no yep. matter how it yep. actually tastes, it's going yep. to be terrible. He took a bite and he's like, what did you put in this chicken? It's delicious. <laughs> and I was like, ah, why don't you have another one? And then after two, he was like, what is it? I'm like, it's pheasant. He's like, did you get it? I'm like, no, you're, we're given it by some friends as a, maybe as a, I'm sorry, Rachel, you didn't get any. So here, enjoy some. (laughs) So, but, uh, but now that, but now that he's eaten it and and the girls also, and they're like, you're going to bring pheasant home. I'm like, well, we're going to attempt and try. That's the game. That's the part of it. That's the experience of trying. It's hunting, not getting, guys. I'm not going to the grocery store. I'm going hunting. So, and you go. We go back to, and I think this is going to segue into our next episode too, or in the episode that's coming up. That Mm -hmm. the trickery sometimes with children. That if they think this is game, maybe they've had something they didn't like in the past, and now they just associate with that one recipe that I may have made. Taste the best that it's not the recipe that it's with, it's that particular animal that I'm eating. And so I have done that same thing, Rachel. I have told them it's chicken, they loved it, and then I still never tell them that they just ate one. Oh. <laughs> It, it really depends on what it is because we do a lot of like deer chili, deer yes. yep. pasta, like in our spaghetti yep. sauce, oh, yeah. we do a lot of deer and, and a lot of times it's just not mentioned what it is, but, but our, our youngest boy, he was like, is this deer? You know, he always <laughs> like whispers it so the girls can't hear it. And I'm like, yep, 
And he's like, it's so much better than beef. I'm like, yes. Yeah. Our kids do. They, they really like, in fact, they'd rather have venison, chili and venison spaghetti. That's, that's what we had last night. They would prefer that because we end up, you know, the beef that we have, we end up saving for other recipes just for straight up hamburgers. Not that venison doesn't make a good hamburger, but yeah, they just, they've grown to know that that's what they're having is if we're having chili, if we're having spaghetti, it's, it's venison. Now I have to, I have to admit that, you know, my in-laws are not the best. They don't like game. They only like it if it's in jerky and stuff. And I may have tricked them and, oh, here, how's this chili? It's delicious. Ah, I never tell them. (laughs) My, My parents are the same, but it's, it's not trickery. It's, it's, lack of experience like I didn't grow up I didn't grow up hunting I we never ate that right like I'm from Ohio my dad's from Massachusetts we were grow grew up in Massachusetts and so I ate a lot of seafood growing up and then we had like pork and chicken like we didn't have as much beef as you have out Mm -hmm. here in the Midwest Mm -hmm. just because it, it wasn't it was much more expensive than chicken or beef or uh, pork excuse me and um and so now we'll, when my parents visit, we'll often have some sort of game meal. But I think my mom was exposed to one or two really bad, you know, maybe she got possum that was really terrible or like <laughs> raccoon. I don't know what it is, but it's like in her head that like wild it game is not, is, is not as good as, as farm raised. And um, so she's eaten more deer than than she's aware of <laughs> and hasn't complained. So uh, now Moms, I'm not, if you hear this, here you go. There you go. <laughs> now I'm not endorsing, you know, inviting company over and not telling them what they're eating, but uh, sometimes, sometimes you gotta let them experience it for themselves. And then, and then out. after the fact, like, Oh, by the way, that was, um, we did that with goose and yeah. It was, it was actually delicious. So good, good. Um, back to pheasants. We're going on. We, we, we're, we divert in some fun stories and food, all the fun pieces of hunting and that field to the fork, the fork, the end all is, can be the best piece of it, depending on what you enjoy. And sometimes it is, it's just that fun in the field. It's those experiences that you remember as we wrap up, I have to share probably the story that I will remember my first pheasant hunt is, again, I was out there kind of part of this Becoming an Outdoor Woman program, the leader of the pack, I guess you could say. And um, so I was get I was just like you, Rachel, taking a lot more pictures maybe than hunting. I wanted those, these ladies that were with us hunting for the first time. Um, I wanted to capture images of their experience of the field of the dog. And so I had my phone out. In fact, the first, one of the participants had just shot her first pheasant. I wanted to capture that, that, that smile on her face, the excitement. I got it. And what I thought is I put that cell phone back in the back pocket of my vest. Now, if you're not familiar with the pheasant vest, it's got this huge pocket in the back that you, that's where you carry your birds. You know, after you've harvested your bird, the dog may bring it to you, you find it, you put it in, into your, your vest, which we could go into a wiggling vest story too. This could be like story after story. But anyways, when I thought I dropped my phone into my vest, I apparently missed my vest. Didn't discover that till probably, I don't know, 
300 yards later. And so the owner of this controlled shooting area just thought I was straight up crazy. He's like, you're never going to find it. You're never going to find it. Well, <laughs> I said, no, no, you just watch. So we walked, we went back to the area where I, I was pretty confident that I lost my phone. And thankfully I did have this handy dandy uh, watch that was able to ping my phone. So keep that in mind. If you are a owner of a iWatch to the iPhone, or if you're looking for one or want one for Christmas, use that to your benefit that I need to get this just in case I lose my phone in the field. And, you know, believe it or not, I did. I pinged my phone and we found it <laughs> laying in this tall grass. I am so impressed that you actually found it because I, I would have thought it would have been lost for the ages. Fairly brand new at that time. I think I probably would have had everybody on their knees, hands and knees, walking through the cactuses and the bunch grass and of the sandhills in Nebraska to find this phone. (laughs) We here at She Goes Outdoors truly hope y'all get out there. Opener for Nebraska and Iowa is the 31st, but that doesn't mean it's the only day to go hunt. Um, I've had, well, I can't say I've actually had success. I've had more fun going later in the season when it's a little cooler when there's snow on the ground and so here in Iowa season's open until January 10th um shooting hours 8 to 4 30 so get out there grab your friends and family go try it and even if you're a little hesitant about going and just want to experience it put your blaze orange on go with friends and leave your firearm at home and just walk to really kind of understand what we're talking about and then and then bring your gun the next time and and good luck. Remember to take your safety off when you're taking that shot because I always forget. <laughs> yep, um, <laughs> but uh, we hope you have fun out there. Yeah, next week, maybe Julie and I will, will actually be able to s- talk about our harvest instead of our hopeful <laughs> harvest. <laughs> and if not, we have till, you have till January 1st, you said? January 10th. 10th. And I have till January 31st to get a successful harvest. So that is the benefit again. And the ladies from Kansas that are listening, you have time to head to the range, get to be better shots than the two of us, and then get out in November. So uh, we we hope you all have a, a great time out in the field. Well, thank you for tuning in to She Goes Outdoors podcast. Adding more hosts such as Rachel has benefiting you. We are now able to record weekly and expand our topics subscribing to the podcast will automatically push new released episodes to your listening device help us reach new listeners and grow the show review and rate the podcast on itunes share your love with all your outdoor friends be sure to visit us on facebook and instagram for show notes and additional conversations talk with us and others about this week's topic pheasant hunting or any fall hunting or other fall outdoor activities that you're doing We also now have a website, sgooutdoors.com. Well, thanks you for joining us and we will see you outdoors. Mm -hmm.